Welcome to Australian Hunger. I'm your host, Ben. On today's show, I've got a religious observer that's talked to Wayne about their latest album, Of Discomfort. But before I get there, I just want to briefly thank all the people who've been on the show. Um, I don't have much more else to say. I think I kind of feel like this episode's the end of the year for me in a certain way, even though I'm going to release a couple more episodes before the calendar year finishes up. 20 is a really nice number to sort of round out this kind of, I don't know, construct of what this show's year is and yeah i just want to thank everyone that's been on the show so far the bands for taking the time out of their very busy schedules you know their their lives obviously making music and also just doing their ordinary day job stuff um to talk to me as well as giving me permissions to use their music uh i I really appreciate that and i think it's brought a, a real better feel of who the bands are to the shows as well as just producing music in general i mean it's not easy it's definitely not easy out there to be a musician in this particular um part of the industry it can be really difficult but i do appreciate everything they do and hopefully many many more interviews and episodes to follow so religious observance they're a sludge band but they are really interesting because they combine it with noise not a lot of bands do that um i think noise is something that for a lot of people is this very odd thing because it is in many ways a very very odd thing but i think it's really really well done in religious observance and it works really well i talked to wayne about their latest album utter discomfort among many other things the tracks they played in the interview were in arno and seppuku first and second from their album utter discomfort and the third one i played was samgata from their previous album released in 2016 boiling etchman this is wayne from religious observance Let's go back to the beginning. How did the band start? Good question. So, oh, well, the first incarnation of the band was uh, from 2015. And uh, essentially, there was was made up of two different bands. So myself and uh, X, as he's known in the band, or John, we were in a noise band called Colostomy Baguette. We've been around for a lot of years now. And there was three other members at that time, which was uh, so... Uh, ben, Colin, and Serena, they were in another sludge band called She Beast. Uh, we actually did a few gigs together a few times. We did a split CD release, and then one day Ben suggested, why don't we try and collaborate on something? So we all just caught up um, at a rehearsal space, which was actually um, one that She Beast used regularly, which is uh, Colin's parents' garage, which was really cool. And, yeah, it all sort of morphed from there. So we kind of went with uh, wanting to be, you know, particularly uh, particularly loud and heavy and uh, just having sort of a noise element to it, really combining the two bands, I suppose, but just trying to make it that extra bit heavy. And, um, yeah, we, we recorded our first jam, and that was a, a demo we had up online briefly, um, and that's where it's all started. Mm, that's really interesting because it's not, it's not like you're joining two exactly similar bands they're they're very different in a lot of ways how how is it joining those two different aspects um you know unx and then the rest of the members how is it merging them together to form a a sort of union um it kind of happened sort of organically we've all got uh we all like a heavier and darker side of uh music we've all got a bit of uh, interest in noise as well so i guess that sort of worked well 
Um, and I guess at the very early stages, we knew we sort of uh, sort of picking our influences. So I Hate God was a, you know, a favourite of all of ours. Uh, but also uh, like a local band, White Horse, where they incorporate a fair bit of noise into their set as well. And uh, you know, Corrupted from Japan, Meth Drinker from New Zealand. Um, so we sort of we sort of knew where we wanted to go, I guess, before we even started. Um, but it was still kind of worked out really well for Colossomy Baguette because, you know, I think we originally started out with the idea of being a grind band and we just realised that, like, none of us could play stringed instruments particularly well, especially at high speed. And we thought, oh, let's just make a noise thing instead. So obviously uh, Religious Observance isn't grindcore either, but it's more of a typical sort of music rather than just straight-up noise. So um, it, it just kind of worked well. And we're able to play a bit sort of slower and and more doomier and heavier stuff than what they were playing in She Beast. So it was it just sort of seemed to work really well. Mm, Where did the name come from? Good question, that one. So that one, it's from a uh, another ex or John has a, a very very obscure uh, sort of knowledge um, and knows a lot of very obscure facts. Um, also works in the state library, which probably assists with a lot of a uh, lot of things. Uh, but he's discovered that as uh, from the Diary of Sexual Slang um, from 1993, and religious observance was actually listed as a euphemism for sexual intercourse. And that's from it might have been like the 19th century or something like that. So it's quite a while ago. Um, obviously, no one would refer to it as that these days. <laughs> yeah, you'd hope not. <laughs> Not to, not to my knowledge anyway, and if you do and you're listening out there, more for you. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a bit about the music. When do you start working on this album? Um, so we've been working on this album for, I guess, a fair while. So we started, we had our original album in 2016. Not long after that, we'd written another song or two. Uh, so that would have been in sort of early 2017. And we've just been writing steadily since then, I suppose. We hadn't particularly written everything as an album per se. Uh, we just were writing songs and we, we knew, okay, we want to keep this one and release this at some point in time. When it came time to actually recording, um, you know, we, we did that only a few months ago and... Realistically, one of the songs was only just finished writing probably the, a week or two earlier. So there was a little bit of last-minute rush, but it still sort of uh, came naturally. It wasn't – it doesn't feel rushed anyway. Um, Ben's notorious for coming up with really last-minute sort of uh, songs, and they end up usually working out really well. So how does a band go about writing music? Do you jam? Are there individual members who make – um, particular contributions. How does it work between you guys? Yeah, it's definitely a definitely a jamming sort of thing. Um, ben, I guess, is the is I would say probably the primary songwriter. He seems to always have a, a riff in mind. When we are jamming, often we'll go, we'll run through a set or two, and then we'll go and just have a, a you know a break, uh, calm down, and have a beer. And Ben will just disappear and go back. We'll hear him playing away in guitar. Ten minutes later, he comes out and says, I think I've written a new song. And it's kind of where a lot of them start. Um, 
but not always him. Sometimes there'll be someone else that's come up with something, but generally everyone has a bit of contribution to it. Um, kind of except aside from myself, I have like no musicality at all. Just vocals is all I can really do. Um, I give my opinions here and there, but as far as the writing goes, I would say it's mostly uh, yeah, Ben Collin and our second guitarist Ringo um, and our bass player Campbell. They're, they're all actually contribute a fair bit. Um, and then John or X usually has uh, a, he's putting a layer of noise in and has a lot of great ideas with how to make that really work and stand out. So it is a very um, collaborative thing, I guess. So, so that kind of brings up a couple of questions. So, um, yeah. you know, you're a second guitar player, only just joined after you released your first album. Why did you decide you wanted a second uh, guitarist? Um, so I guess I'll backtrack a little bit prior to that as well. So our original bass player just decided she wasn't really into the music so much and just had other things in life she wanted to sort of focus her time and efforts on. So she did leave the band and we were thinking maybe we'll just finish up. Um, but we sort of you know, thought we had a good thing going and she was happy for us to find someone else. So we brought along uh, Campbell, or we've called him The Void on the release, and he came from came from uh, a couple of different bands. There was uh, one that was called Alien. Um, I think they were based around uh, Bendigo. And he had uh, a uh, kind of like a drone project as well um, of his own. And he's got another another noisy sort of thing happening as well. Um, he's recently just joined Hand of Fear on vocals, another local band. And... Um, yeah, he'd been to, I think, at least our first show, and he'd played in his other projects, had played shows with uh, She Beasts before. So there was sort of a, a long-term sort of relationship there, I suppose. Um, and he was pretty keen. He moved or was moving to Melbourne, um, so he liked the idea of joining a band, and he's, he fit in pretty well. Um, once we had Campbell on board doing bass, we then had... Uh, Ringo, who's, um, and I guess it all gets a little bit uh, incestuous here, I suppose. We've all got, all, all members of Religious Observance have other projects. Obviously, X and myself have Colossal Baguette. Uh, ben and myself have uh, another band called Creep Diet, which is more of a straight up sludge, less doomy and less noise. Um, but Colin, Ring, Ringo, and Ben are all in another sort of sludge grind band, Maggot Bath. So they're all. They've worked together a fair bit and Ringo's really into a lot of Doom as well, so it just sort of seemed a natural fit that he could bring a lot to the table. He's also got another band, The High Drifters, sort of a psychedelic stonery sort of thing, and he's a, a really phenomenal guitarist. So I think we just sort of saw that as a good opportunity to add an extra layer to it. So, yeah, new bassist and then a second guitarist as well just to make things uh, even more complicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, incestuous is definitely the word I would use, sort of oh, yeah. going over the, the relationships. But um, so a, a new bassist as well, uh, he's brought some vocals to the table. Was that something yeah. you, you were looking for, like a, someone to do bassist to accompany you, or was that something he sort of brought to the table um, and, you know, sort of came out? Um, it wasn't really planned for that, I suppose. But he had wanted to do vocals for quite some time. Um, he'd been a little bit stagnant with doing writing music. He had his own individual sort of droney, noisy thing, but he wanted to be more of a band, and, and he, he 
he wanted to do vocals as well. So um, I'm very much a big fan of the two different styles in the one thing. So, you know, particularly high and raspy and then like a, a low thunderous roar. So I, I was more than happy for him to, to do backing vocals or, or even sometimes he's doing a little bit of lead vocals instead of myself, but just good to mix it up, I think. So it worked out well. No, definitely. I, that's a, one of the really great things in a lot of bands that they've got those two contrasting styles. Um, sort of kind of more in that vocal realm, but not really. You guys use a lot of samples in your music. Why don't you guys take that approach? Um, I guess that's part of what X wanted to do. So all, X is in quite a few different noisy projects as well, and samples are usually a pretty big thing even if it's just sort of background and you can't understand anything from it, but just so there's some sort of a track there that is there to work with. And I guess that sort of just worked for us when we're playing, you know, we're playing riffs quite repetitious and slow. So if you if there's no vocal pattern in there, it kind of needs something else to, I guess, make sure it's not too monotonous. Um, but also it's just something that's not done all that often, like a lot of bands will have an intro sample maybe, but just having them all throughout, I think it kind of makes it a little bit different. Um, it's just what we like to do, I guess. The track in the middle, Inano.
it's a, it sort of stands yeah. out on the album because it's a, a different track. Talk a little bit about how that came about. Sure. So that was uh, while we were working out what were what was going to be on the album. And just to put it in perspective, we've got another roughly half an hour of material that we recorded at the same time. And it was knowing that uh, eventually we want to have this released on uh, you know a record, uh, vinyl record. So we know we're sort of constricted with how much time we can fit on a single record. So we had to make the decision of which tracks we were going to have and, and things like that. So with the track listing we went with, that did leave, there was sort of a little, a little bit missing and a good way to do that was to put a noise track. Um, and as well as that, I think it just adds an, an extra amount of chaos and uh, I guess it's just kind of terrifying, I suppose, to listen to um, and kind of fits with the name Utter Discomfort, I suppose, in my opinion. So it was it was just good to have something extra in there, um, really just to make it sort of stand out from any other Doom album that come out, I guess. Uh, what about the rest of that material? Is there a plan for its release or is it currently just sort of waiting for some sort of plan yeah no there's definitely definitely going to be something happening i think we'd probably like to try and do some split releases um ideally with some bands overseas and you know ultimately ideally if they're particularly established just to sort of get our name out there a bit more but that's not the be all and end all but yeah we, we do plan to release splits there's a chance maybe an ep or something like that down the track as well uh but yeah nothing nothing concreted in at the moment we're just sort of focusing on the album for the time being. No, that's fair enough. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your vocals. So, sure. like, how, how do you how do you approach them? Um, yeah, how, how, what is your approach to saying, like, all right, we're, we're we're getting something going here, and then you need to add something. What is your approach there? Um, it sort of varies a little bit, but typically, once once there's a you know a song starting to form. Usually it'll start out with just a riff that gets repeated a few times and everyone sort of gives it a nod of approval and it might progress, whether it's bass or guitar, changing something up or even the drums will just change to a different tempo and the riff, you know, they're forced to change the riff as well. But whatever the case is, once we get a a riff that I can sort of tell we're going to keep, I'll then try and think of uh, either a pattern that will fit with it or if I happen to think of some, have some theme on my mind of, or, or a phrase to say, then I'll, I'll give that a shot and see how it goes. Um, it's really a lot of experimentation with that, I guess. Just while we're jamming is, you know, try whether it's a pattern or whether it's a sentence or a phrase. Um, just see if it sort of fits in with it and then build it from there. So, something I notice is you, you tend to like repetition um, of particular phrases that sort of really yeah. emphasise those particular points, kind of give that sort of real a nice sort of I know, expression to an idea. Why, why do you take that approach to it? Um, honestly, I, I a lot of repetition just comes from, I guess you know, forgetfulness. So if I don't have too many things to remember, I, I'll, I'll remember. I'll make sure I remember everything. Um, one could argue that's possibly laziness as well. Um, but I think like the when we're repeating the riffs so much as well, there's a lot of repetition in our riffs. I, I think it kind of fits mm-hmm. to have the vocals being slightly repetitious as well. Um, definitely do like to mix things up at times, but I don't know. I think repetition just works with sludge, for, in my opinion anyway. Mm, uh, what about the lyrics themes? Like what is the particular, I don't know, ideas that you like? Uh, do you have any sort of sources, inspiration that you draw from? 
sure. There's, oh, look, there's, there's no real um, fixed theme or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, none of my lyrics are really all that deep. Um, going back to our first album, there was a little bit of uh, a theme around, um, oh, gosh, what was it? It was a uh, just alternative versions of Hell, I suppose. Um, and like the the song on the first album, I'm not sure if you've really listened to that one much, but uh, Sam Garter, for example, was one particular um, Hell from Buddhism. Um, and it was just sort of fascinating. I can't even remember what made us look that up on the day that we were first jamming, but we we did just look up, um, you know, Buddhist hell, I think it was, and, and saw all these different topics and it just was fascinating. So every now and then I'll just have something like that that inspires me to look up, um, you know, come up with something in that theme. Um, for the current album, though, there's no continuous theme. I guess the title track, Out of Discomfort, there's a little bit of an in-story to that, and I won't name names who, but we went to Brisbane earlier this year for the – Total Attack Festival, um, which was really great. More of a punk sort of festival, but it was good that they were able to diversify a bit and put a sludge band on. Um, on the, the Saturday morning, um, a few of them went to, um, oh, they went to like a, you know, Tim Guitars and a record store or something like that, and then thought, oh, let's go and have a beer, and it was probably 10.30 in the morning, and they went to, uh, it was like a topless bar, and uh, one of the members was sort of not particularly comfortable there. And, um, you know, we were describing the look as uh, that of utter discomfort. So that song's kind of themed around that, which is uh, kind of lighthearted considering, uh, you know, how kind of heavy and extreme it sounds. But that's just how I work, I guess. Um, other than that, there was no – there's no theme for the whole thing, I guess. The track Seppuku was uh, just – it's almost like a descriptive piece of, of the actual uh, Japanese artist of Perku. Um, Wedding Trough is about uh, uh, an Australian exploitation film from the 70s, um, which was pretty much censored straight after and like very hard to find due to the censorship straight after it came out. Not a particularly pleasant one, but uh, X just wrote those lyrics for me one day when I was a little bit lost. And uh, it's, yeah, it's sort of like just, describing certain scenes out of the film, I suppose, um, more or less. Um, and then you've got the track Sync, which is uh, – I've done this totally out of order, sorry, but um, with the track Sync, it's really – honestly, the name for that one just came up because that's uh, – I think we just had, like, the string section uh, called up for a jam one time, and then uh, X and myself went there the next time, and they said, oh, this is what we've written – and they'd, they'd labelled the song Sync at that point in time, so I just ran with that. Um, it's really just kind of uh, it's a negative sort of thing, I guess. Um, just sort of like the opening line is, if you betray my trust, you'll sink below Earth's crust. And it's really just all sort of uh, ways of uh, punishing someone, I suppose. It's kind of dark, and I don't sort of mean it to be that dark, or uh, it's not deep by any means. It is face value, I suppose, from my point of view. Um, and then that noise track in Anno, um, as you could probably tell, there's no real legible words in that at all. That was, um, as I was saying earlier, like X just wanted to have a bit of a noise track and it sort of worked to fill the gap on one side of a record for us. 
and and also break up the album and again make it stand out a little from any other Doom or Sludge release. And um, I had a, an idea of you know seeing as though this is a noise track, we all need to be involved in uh, having a scream or two. Um, so everyone was in the studio uh, while we were recording that. We had like four or five different microphones at various positions in the room. Some of us were holding them. Others were just sort of dangling there to try and catch room noise as well. A um, little bit of effects added to them. Um, the second guitarist, Ringo, didn't want, like he was kind of shy about that and wouldn't make any sounds for me. But I remember while we were uh, were like going through the recordings, we did capture him just laughing in the background of that. So I was pretty satisfied with that. <laughs> <laughs> and why did you try- title the track the way you did? Uh, that one was all X came up with, like that whole track is all, that's X's baby, that one. Mm. Um, yeah. It, it, to the point of him saying like, like at the very start of it, you can hear me just dropping the F bomb. And he said, just, I just want you to do that and hold it. And then just, yeah. And he was direct, sort of directing us as all as to what sort of things he wanted. So that's, uh, I can't even remember what the meaning of in and O is to tell you the truth. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it's into the anus. <laughs> That sounds about right, yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, the uh, the title of the album is based on one of the tracks. Why did you pick that particular track, or, or what, what was it that, you know, that particular you know, story that in, uh, sort of made you want to title the album that way? Um, I think Utter Discomfort just sounds particularly bleak and, and fitting for a Doom or a Sludge release. Um, since it came out, one of my friends just the other night actually asked me, he said, oh, was that was that like a tribute or a nod to I Hate God with the Southern Discomfort album? And I never even considered that at all. But I just like the phrase out of discomfort. Um, yeah, it got mentioned, um, you know, describing how one of the members looked in that topless bar and uh, it just it just sang to me, I guess, utter discomfort. It's, you know, it's straight to the point, pretty bleak, pretty uh, descriptive. Um, who did you get to do the artwork for the album and what was the, the brief that was given to them? Well, this was really cool, actually. So uh, our bass player uh, works at a, at a bar and his boss um, sort of knew that he was in this music and just one day said, oh, do you reckon I could do some art for you? And he was thinking maybe a flyer, maybe for the seat, you know, maybe for an album or something like that. And so, um, you know, he consulted the band and everyone was fine with that, with at least having a look anyway. And we sort of set the expectation that, you know, if it's not what we like, please don't take it personally. We're, you know, we've been around for a little while now and we sort of know what we like. And we sent uh, a couple of rehearsal demos of most of the songs that we'd had written by that time. And, um, yeah, so Campbell's boss just uh, came up with this artwork and, like, sent us little updates here and there and we were pretty stoked with it. and. The end product was so super happy with it. Really fits. In general, the band, as well as I, I think Colossum would get all their stuff, has a very black and white aesthetic. What's kind of attracted all you guys to that? Um, I think that's really again that's more a just how X operates. He love, loves having the the binary. It's actually very good for printing flyers and photocopying and things like that because it's it's you know straightforward. Also makes pretty good for uh, putting on T-shirts as well, having it completely binary. There's no uh, sort of missed spots. Um, it's just what what he did in the first place, and I guess none of, none of the rest of the band are particularly visual art, uh, visually artistic. 
So uh, we've just sort of kept running with that. And I, I kind of like it. I think it fits.
unconscious peace of the dead be disturbed. This is the spark that moves the light. The self-same spark that moves the man. Preserving that spark in an individual is not important. What we do with that spark while we have it is important.
like with such abrasive sounds and like you've got a, a really full band obviously the five play mm. the five piece plus x how do you go, go about good at getting a, a good live sound when you're when you're playing a show that's yeah that's a good one so it the mixer is absolutely paramount to that so we've got a few um you know preferred mixes when we're organizing shows there's some people just like it's a very obs- I don't know about obscure but it's a, a very unusual thing what we're doing and a lot of people probably wouldn't really get it especially when you've got these really you know peaking crisp high high things that X is doing um so to, it is important that we could communicate to the mixer whoever it is as well um you know this is what we're doing and it's sort of meant to be like this and that so that plays a big part of it for the live um and obviously you know the the equipment at the venue has a has a bit of an impact on it as well uh we've typically played it well, bar open quite a lot recently and uh the toad upstairs we've been to many many times um since the renovations at, upstairs at the toad a couple of years ago i've been really happy with the sound up there and again it's really the mixer that sort of uh makes it you know can pull it off i guess now when you're playing a show like what is it what is it you're trying to do um just trying to sound as heavy as we can really um want to have that a lot of aggression there and and a lot of energy obviously you know with slow riffs it's not always uh easy to convey that energy but i guess just give it a shot i want to talk a little bit about you sort of more personally um so as you mentioned a bunch of projects for all the members of the band um do do you want to talk a little bit about some of the other projects you're in as um uh, you know especially colossomy baguette seeing as you've been in that so long yeah yeah certainly so uh yeah colossomy baguette started many years back when uh uh, X and myself, and we've been friends since we were in high school. Didn't go to the same school, but we met while we were still in high school and always uh, always gotten along very, very well and always had a um, a very similar taste in music, I think. X is probably a little more eclectic than me and a lot of stuff he likes that I don't, vice versa as well to a degree, but there's always been a lot of common common ground there when it comes to music. And... I guess from years of listening to music and going to gigs together, we were like, you know, we just want to actually be in a band instead of just go and watch them. And, um, you know, he started getting a few more bits and pieces like synthesizers and and amplifiers and various pedals and the like and um, sort of decided, you know, why don't we give this a shot? Um, As I said, we were going to go for – grindcore is probably my favourite sort of music. So that's what I wanted to do. But it just sort of wasn't going to work because, uh, you know, he's using he was using a bass guitar at one point, but not really sounding like a traditional bass. Um, synthesizers, uh, drum machines, pedals, and and mixing boards. So we sort of worked out grindcore might not really work, but we'd see how it would go. And the the night before we had our very first jam together, we actually saw uh, the the band in Circling Sea, and that just sort of opened our eyes and we're like. Let's stop bother trying to do this grind thing. Let's let's go for more of a, a noisy approach. Not saying that Encircling Sea were a noise band at that point in time, but it was just a not a traditional sort of style of music. And we're like, yep, why do we need to be traditional? Let's let's make some noise. And it's just sort of continued on from there. Um, 
X does pretty much everything in that band. I'll do vocals, and it's on a you know, a, a mic that he's given me that's going through a lot of different uh, uh, effects. In the past, we've played with I've played with pitch shifters as well. Um, every now and then, I'll have some sort of physical aspect as well as vocals. So, in the past, we've had contact mics on on mic stands, and I'm like whipping it with chains and things like that, um, using like metallic vibrators over other metallic subs, you know, items to sort of get get a sound. And they've got contact mics and various effects going through it as well. But for the most part, it's it X is doing all of that, and I'm just putting some screeches over the top and Often I'll play with a bit of feedback as well, I guess, to try and mix that up a bit. Um, but yeah, that's that's Colossal Baguette in a nutshell. We sort of uh, went a bit quiet this year. We we did one show just a couple of weeks ago, and um, that was the only gig for the year. Uh, we have collaborated a couple of times with a, another like a noise grind band, Holy Boner. Uh, we did that under the name Colossal Boner, and that was a lot of fun. And uh, hope we can probably do that one again soon i'm hoping what about some of your more recent projects so up until a couple of months ago i was uh and this is this is only um i'll start that again so i was in a band called rawhead for a while which started originally as a one-man project from uh, a friend of mine who's in many other uh death metal and grindcore bands and uh, then he decided he wanted to make it a, a live thing as well as um, just re- releasing demos. So um, he asked if I'd come and do vocals, which I was pretty stoked at. That was all pitch shifted for uh, for Gore Grind. We played a few shows. We released an album uh, earlier this year called uh, Spineless Pigs, which I'm pretty happy with. And um, I guess I, I kind of didn't know what I was doing in that band to a degree. I, I'm not a gore grind freak per se um but yeah i'm no longer in that band um but still really happy with what i did manage to do in the time i was there so that's that's done and dusted for for me anyway um and the other the newest band i've had come along was uh creep diets which uh started with with ben from religious observance that initially started wanting to be uh he suggested oh would you like to start a crust punk band and i'm like yeah of course why not and uh, another mutual friend of ours, as um, probably my best mate, we, we said, oh, do you reckon he'd drum for it? And I said, yeah, go ask him. And as was like, yeah, I'll drum, but I can't do cross punk. I'm not fit enough. I'll just do a sludge band with you instead. So it's another sludge band, but it's just a, it's fairly different from religious observance, thankfully, so we can keep the projects separate. Um, that band's a lot of fun. We um, We got to play in Brisbane as well and Tasmania earlier this year. Um, and that one's, yeah, just a more straight-down-the-line um, sludge, a little bit more of a punk element to it as well, and, and obviously lacking the, the utter heaviness and the and the noise from religious observance. Um, and that's all my projects. I did have one for a brief while as well, which was also with that same drummer as, um, and it was, hey, it was a novelty band, I suppose. We were called Pralines and Dick. Uh, it was an improvised thing with uh, drums, uh, a bass player, which is a good friend who's uh, interstate for the last year or two. But um, he played bass in a punk band called Shiv as well. And um, my girlfriend and I were both doing vocals and it was kind of improvised, I guess. And uh, everything we were saying was just like phrases from uh, the movie Wayne's World. 
hence the name Pralines and Dick. If you I don't know if you're a Wayne's World fan, but that might mean something to you if if you are. Um, that was only pretty short lived. We played like three or four gigs, and we've had a digital release, which I think was a split with probably Colostomy Baguette. I can't recall. Now, sort of going through all these various different forms of music that you've kind of been mm. playing in, what attracts you to, I, I, I guess you could sort of collect them under the banner of heavy music in a sort of way. What's mm. attracted you to this? As in what sort of got me into heavy music right in the beginning? or Yeah, well, what's got you into it and what, what sort of kept your passion at it? Cool. So... Going way back, I, as a kid, I was never really much into music. I think I bought like a, a a rap tape, like a salt and pepper tape when I was seven and then never bought anything until I was about 13 or 14. And I think I started getting into, there was The Offspring and then there was Metallica and and then all of a sudden um, a friend of mine at school said, oh, listen to my cousin's radio station. Um, and so I used to listen to that every week and he was playing extreme metal. So Predominantly grindcore, death metal, bit of doom, bit of sludge, and and uh, sort of started from there. And I was like, "Well, this is pretty great." And then he said, "Oh, my cousin said we can come and join him on the on air." And I'm like, "Oh, that'll be exciting!" So we did that, and um, I became a regular guest at that one. And I've ended up being a co-host. And for the last couple of years, I've been the main host, I suppose, because the original host is pretty busy outside with uh, work and things like that. Um, so that sort of really helped give me a good, uh, I guess, education of, of underground music, particularly in the sort of grind sort of uh, realm. Um, and it's always just been something that has just made sense to me, I guess. So I remember thinking, you know, wow, Metallica, this is so heavy. This is great. And then, you know, I've, I've discovered things like Repulsion and Napalm Death, and I'm like, wow, this is this is just next level and it's just really, really uh, resonated with me quite well. So that's, you know, my go-to thing now, I guess. And sludge is more of a thing I've gotten into in recent years. Um, but it's, it's my other bread and butter, I suppose, for me now. I like a lot of other music, but that's, that's where my heart is, is grindcore and sludge and doom, I guess. Mm, the vocals, when do you start doing those? Um, so Colostomy Baguette I, was my first time doing vocals and that was a little bit different, I suppose, because it was, um, well, it was, it was noise and it was so many effects, I guess. So it's not really the same style that you would hear in religious observance. I may have been trying to do that sort of thing, but it doesn't sound anything like it simply because of, you know, it, it is a completely different, uh, style and there were so many effects that it was never going to sound quite like that, I suppose. Um, that was 2009 we started doing Philosophy Beggar, so we're yeah, nine years old now, which is pretty crazy. And, um, yeah, from there, I guess it was, yeah, I think I did, like, guest vocals for, I might have been Wounded Pig one time, um, and that was, yeah, that was cool being able to do that just for one song or something like that. Um, and I'd always just sort of wanted to, again, grindcore band was what I was looking for most, but always wanted to be in, I guess, what you'd call a real band rather than the noise band. Not saying that noise isn't real, but I guess just a typical, you know, guitars, drums and things like that. Um, 
And yeah, when it came to us collaborating with SheBeast and forming Religious Observance, that was really my first time at being able to really have a good go of it. Is there anything you've been listening to, reading, watching recently? Um, I really don't read as much as I should, so I can't really answer that side of things. Um, as for listening, I've, I guess I'll think of a couple of releases from like the last year or two that have really struck a chord with me. So there's a band from Perth called Self Harm, and they do sort of a black metal thing, a bit of a punk feel to it as well. And all the members, I guess I would consider punks. And for me, that's my favourite sort of black metal is when it's done by punks. It just seems to work. And uh, they put an album out just a few months ago. It was on, uh, in general, Nailgun Murder Records from uh, Brisbane. And that was just absolutely incredible. Um, that's probably one of my favourite releases of the year. Just really good uh, black metal. And also, I Hate God is like a regular thing for me. Obviously, I haven't done anything for a few years, but I'm always listening to I Hate God. Um, Primitive Man, their latest album, Caustic, I was really impressed with that one as well. And I'm super stoked that they're playing in, uh, in Australia next year, which is not too far away. And I'm, I've really been impressed with... Uh, there's another pretty new band on the scene, uh, Carsonoid, which is another one that features my mate Az. Um, obviously, he's my mate, so I'm probably a bit biased, but they are pretty incredible death boom, and I recommend checking them out. They're probably going to be pretty big, I think, at some point in time. Um, and it's sort of just reminiscent of uh, listening to the likes of uh, Autopsy, Anatomia, and maybe even Disembowelment. So it's uh, really good, really heavy. Um, and you know, fairly aggressive as well. And then there's another local band. Uh, they're doing like a D-beat, cross-punk sort of thing called Lie, um, and they are phenomenal. They're really good live. They're actually playing this weekend coming up, and uh, their demo they put out earlier this year I was really impressed with, um, just in tape format at the moment, so hopefully they'll have a, a record or something coming out sooner or later. Fire up our favorite song.
That was Sam Gartha by Religious Observance from the album Boiling Excrement. Before that, we heard Seppuku from their second album, Utter Discomfort, and the first track was Inano, also from their second album, Utter Discomfort. I appreciate Wayne talking to me, and um, great band. I think they'd be really interesting to see live, just because they've got so much. They're playing a show next year. Check it out. Colossomy Baguette are also playing a show in the new year, so I encourage you to check them all out. Before I finish off this episode, I want to give a recommendation. And not a recommendation of something good, a recommendation of something that's mildly amusing. As we come up to Christmas, we'll hear a lot of Christmas music. I don't think there's really any good ones, any good Christmas songs, any ones that you play or put on and say, oh, this is actually a really enjoyable track. <laughs> so I'm not quite clear why everyone plays it, really. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think... You'd have to be pretty insane to actually enjoy it. But regardless, there is actually a Christmas album which is worth a listen, even if it is just because... And it is I Declare War's Bring the Season. It's only a couple of tracks, only only three tracks, really. And this useless intro track. Um, and it's just funny because... So you've got the contrast, sort of the band, but mostly of the vocalist extreme death metal, hardcore, deathcore style. And, you know, it makes for a couple of chuckles. It's only, you know, less than six minutes it takes to listen to it. You know, it's it's a little bit of fun, and I encourage you to listen to it. It is interesting, though. Whenever I think of this, whenever I think of this EP, I think of their album, Amidst the Bloodshed, which was released just a little bit before this EP. And, uh, uh, you know, it's not great... You know, it's not necessarily my favourite style of music, but I always thought that the kind of more metalcore approach mixed with the really aggressive, brutal style of vocals was really an interesting mix, and it was a shame that they became more of a stereotypical deathcore band after that album. Um, but, I mean, we're talking about albums released 10 years ago by not particularly notable band, but uh, I know that's something that always sat a bit weird for me. A band that had actually something novel going on for them, and they kind of just diluted it and went in a completely well-trod direction. But um, regardless, listen to that. It'll give you a few chuckles before Santa delivers all your presents very, very soon. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, everyone, listening all the year, and... Um, tune in next week and i'll have i might actually finally release that episode of me ranting about lords of chaos and i've got interviews coming up so there'll be new content just next week and i might just give a little bit of break everyone a rest over the christmas period and i'll see how we go but new episodes soon to come have a very wonderful holidays and uh, i hope everyone gets nice and rested ready for the new year bye